2: Never a doubt sale. Never did we think that that game was in jeopardy for the bills. Give them credit, though. They pulled it off. It was a weird one because the first half, it looks like, wow, this offense is clicking again. This is the thing that we haven't seen in a couple weeks. Good to see them kind of bounce back and have one of these type of performances. Then Mitch Morris got hurt. He got a concussion. He left the game. The offensive line started to struggle. The offense went an entire third quarter without scoring any points. And then that's when the Dolphins, I believe, scored 16 unanswered to take an eight-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Josh Allen, though, never count him out. He's that guy. He's incredible.
1: He's incredible. He's such a warrior, Matt. You know, his, his game, his statistics were good enough. 25 of 40, that's 62%, 304 yards, four touchdowns. No interceptions. He also ran, by the way, for seventy-seven <laughs> yards, yep. three hundred eighty-one yards of offense. Um, he did turn the ball over once, but I, on top of that, the biggest thing is I don't know truly if I've ever like been this close around. I guess meaning like a Buffalo athlete mm-hmm. who just seems like they are that guy, as you've to, that always seems to come up clutch when you need to come up clutch, maybe Dominic Hasek did many times, right? I don't know, but you know, that's through a whole game because he was the only guy right? he had to make save after save. I mean, like when the chips are down, you need a play. This guy's competitiveness. He is such a warrior. It is incredible. And he just said in the fourth quarter with the snow starting to come down, get on my back. I am taking this thing home. And he did it. And the best part was, Sean McDermott and Ken Dorsey didn't stop him from doing it. They called plays. They called his number. They gave him the trust to throw the ball in the snow, to run the ball on design runs, to run it and leap over people. And they didn't care. And I think that was the best part of this whole night of Josh Allen, what he did, that everyone was on board and say, you
2: go do it, dude. I think that there is just such a respect for what he can do inside that locker room and with that coaching staff that they know listen there are times when there are mistakes made there are times when it's not the safest thing to do whether you're taking these hits and you're not sliding and you're doing all this crazy stuff but that is the josh allen experience i had a conversation with our old pal marcel from now the dolphins beat used to cover the bills and it was after the game yesterday And I told him, we were just talking about kind of the beat and everything that was going on. And I was like, what has happened in the time that you have left is Josh has become one of those players that when the lights shine, the brightest and the stage is the biggest, he always steps up. Like there were glimpses of that in 2020 when Marcel was still here, when it was the COVID year and they were starting to trend into this team. That's a super bowl contender, not a playoff contender, but then 2021 and then of course the playoffs and then this season in the big moments josh allen almost always steps up and i think that is something that always gives this team a chance and once again they're going into the playoffs we don't know what seed they're going to be into the playoffs it does not feel like this team has played its best football for these last couple weeks yet they're on this incredible win streak but i think they'll always have a chance because of number 17 and that goes back to the von miller injury and the micah Hyde injury and all of these things yes it makes it more difficult for them to ultimately win a Super Bowl and get to a Super Bowl. But as long as you got 17, you got a chance because that guy can take over a game in an instant and he can just become unstoppable. And that's what we saw on Saturday in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins. How about the environment, the weather, the fans? Look,
1: not great to be throwing snowballs. And it wasn't a great look. No, I was like, I'm not going to sit here and start bashing all you bills fans out there that, you know, saying like, we have terrible fans. That's of course not right. The best fan no. base in the league. There's no doubt about it, but I will tell you, it was very dangerous. And Matt, I got hit pretty hard in the back of my head on my neck. Didn't feel good, but you know, I got over it. There were some people who were getting hit and getting hit pretty hard. And one was the cameraman sitting on top of the, the Fox, um, on the, on the pedestal up there, he got hit like near his eye. Like we have to be better than that. We can't do that. But what I did love Right. So that's my public service announcement. Don't do that. Stop doing that. Almost cost the bills, by the way, penalties on top of that. But I did love the environment of the snow being thrown in the air. And when they scored, sweet. I mean, that, that, that's what it should be about. That's what we should be to be embracing when it comes to having games like that in Buffalo. And I'm all for that, man. And that looked super cool when the bills were scoring touchdowns and, and especially, you know, um, when the snow first started and you could and it was it becoming like around the whole stadium.
2: I have a friend who moved to Florida... At the beginning of the season and I was messaging him this morning Sunday morning and he said that he's only had FOMO twice since he moved to Florida and once was the home opener and then the second time was last night as he was watching the game against the Dolphins just with the atmosphere with the way that they were able to win it was just kind of this perfect setting for the Bills to clinch a playoff spot in the fourth quarter they tie the game then it starts to snow then they go down the fields they win the game Tyler Bass kicks the game winning field goal he slides is a celebration. It takes us back to the Max O'Fenoghen off slide in two thousand and seven yes. against the Rangers when he scores an overtime. I love it. Never and
1: thought it, about and, that. That's a and good it's one. Just,
2: and it's just this awesome, really cool. And that's the thing. Like we were just talking about before, how tough it was to get home. But I can't imagine that all of those Bills fans who are sitting there stuck in traffic are just with their friends. They're with their families. They're in their cars. They're getting home, and they're just like, wow. That was awesome. I I had another friend who messaged me Saturday and asked if he thought it was a good idea to go to the game. He's like, tickets are dropping in prices. Do you think I should go? Like, what are you hearing weather wise? And I was like, listen, I don't know what it's going to be like, but I can tell you the 2017 Colts game was one of the most memorable sporting events I've ever been to. So I am always like, I want to be part of things like that. And this did not even get close to that level, but it still ended up being a great game against an a really kind of on the rise team, a division rival in prime time, and they clinched a the playoff spot. So all of the stuff was, it checked all the boxes just to be an outstanding game. If you're a bills fan,
1: let's talk about other players and things that happened in this game. Uh, Dawson Knox, his best game of the season. Second best of his career. As far as yards, um, you know, 96 yards came close to a hundred, had a important touchdown, obviously at the end of the game. From Josh Allen. That mm-hmm. was nice to see. Cole Beasley comes back, has one catch, but he was a part of the game 11 times on the field, 11 snaps. I wonder how that looks like going forward. That would be interesting. Uh, Tredavious White got beat a couple times, also had several nice pass breakups, actually led uh, the entire game with pass breakups. But things didn't go so right on the defensive end plenty of times, Matt, including. Raheem Oster just running through the defense several times. Missed tackles all over the place. Tamar Hamlin with some bad angles. Cam Lewis on special teams. What was he thinking? Um, any concerns for you from what you saw from the defense, from the, the special teams play, or anything else, even from the offense?
2: They really miss Micah Hyde. Yeah, and we can be complimentary at times about what Tamar Hamlin has brought them, but they really miss Micah Hyde, whether yeah. it's on, the deep balls they're getting beat on. I mean, I think back to... It was the game against the Falcons, I think in 2017. And the Falcons were just coming off of their trip to the Super Bowl. And the Bills went into that game. And Micah Hyde had these interceptions over the top. And it felt like from that moment moment on, this team just doesn't get beat over the top. And it really, really rarely happened. And now we see it happen pretty frequently. We've seen it happen twice against the Dolphins on Saturday night. We saw it happen in the first matchup. And that was the back-breaking play that cost them just because... You know, that's not something that Hamlin is to the level of that Hyde is just getting over to those balls or being that ball hawk. So I think there were some bad angles taken. I think my biggest concern besides the deep balls that they're giving up are just the tackling and the poor tackling that That we saw time and time again, and it's been bad all year. So I don't think it's necessarily a one-off, which is concerning. And I think it is especially concerning when you're getting ready to go to Chicago next week against Justin Fields, who is very elusive and who can make a bunch of plays. And then you're a better team than the bears, but that's how you let teams that aren't good, hang around by missing tackles and making sloppy plays and mistakes. So I think those are some of the concerns that I have defensively, offensively, Just these weird little lulls that they get into. The offensive line yesterday struggled. Now, part of that was because of Mitch Morse leaving, and they were without Ryan Bates. It changed drastically after Morse went out.
1: I mean, it changed drastically. They they really struggled after he went out, and of course, they were already without uh, Ryan Bates, so that made it worse, obviously.
2: Yeah, and I mean, Mitch Morse is dealing with a concussion, so concussion protocol. We 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 know that Sean McDermott did announce that, and he will
1: remain there throughout the week, and we'll see how that progresses.
2: Concussions are weird, so we have no clue when he'll be back. Concussions are like just go get healthy. Don't think about football until you're healthy. At that point, especially for him, because he does have a little bit of a concussion history. So there's just a lot of layers to it. But we do want to mention Sal the Ike Butker news. It seems like we're going to see Ike Butker kind of back on the fifty three soon, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. So the Bills, he cannot practice anymore. His window has closed. But they did did have a one day grace period from the day his window closed, which was Saturday, to activate him. But what's weird is. Sunday would be that day, but the NFL does not announce any transactions on Sunday. There's no actual transaction wire, unless it's COVID-related, for Sunday. So basically, the Bills can submit the paperwork to the league on Sunday and say we're activating Ike Butker, but we might not find out until Monday, until either it's on the transaction wire or the team announces it, whichever one it is. I'm expecting one of those two things to happen. I'm assuming, as we record this, that the the Bills have already done this transaction with the league, but that we won't find out until Monday, because as we sit here
2: today, we have not heard anything officially. So that would obviously give the bills a little bit more versatility, more options. If they are dealing with a Mitch Morse injury, Ryan Bates, improving is what Sean McDermott said when he spoke to reporters on Sunday. We don't necessarily know the timeline there. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a very long-term thing because he wasn't had, he didn't have any injury designation or placed on IR or anything like that. So I don't know if we'll see him this week, but I would imagine we see him sometime in the next couple weeks. So they're going to have to get creative. I do think that even with a banged up offensive line, you should be good enough to go into Chicago and win a game. But you want to make sure that you're getting healthy as the playoffs get here. So that's our little offensive line tangent. What about Sal? Anybody besides Josh that really stood out for the right reasons on Saturday night? Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: how about Quit Morris's catch? That was absolutely- yeah, it was great. Quentin Morris had a, his first touchdown catch in the NFL, his first touchdown in the NFL. Naeem Hines had his first touchdown as a member of the Buffalo bills. He also did a very nice job. I'll tell you funny, pretty funny. I was in the locker room after the game as you were, and I was talking with Naeem Hines and I said, I mean, what's it like to catch a punt when the snow is pounding in the face, you're under the light, you're looking up, it's a dark sky, it's a little bit windy, and he said to me, he goes, well, you know, I'm one of the best in the league at doing it, so I just do it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hey, he's one of the best in the league, right? Um, he's very, that. very good at it, and that's why he, um, I think that's why why the Bills traded for him.
2: Uh, just some, I, yeah, go ahead. Can I add one more person? Yeah. Kyrie Elam. Big day for Kyrie Elam. Do you Saturday like the way he night. played? I like the way he played. I think Kyrie Elam, that was a nice little bounce back game for him, considering he was inactive a couple right. weeks ago when they played against the Patriots and barely saw any time when they played against the Jets. I think that Kyrie Elam deserves a bigger role moving forward with this team. I think that having him and Trey until Christian Benford gets back and then you have some sort of rotation, I just felt like they were better with Elam on the field than they were with Dane Jackson on the field. I would also add Tyler Bass here in oh, those yeah. conditions. The entire operation, Reed Ferguson, Sam
1: Martin, Tyler Bass, Sam Martin actually had some nice punts. Like when they came off the foot, I'd hear people go, oh, he did exactly what he's supposed to do. He put the ball where he's supposed to put it, did a really nice job. Sam Martin punting the ball. He was also the holder, obviously mm-hmm. uh, Reed Ferguson, the snap. And then of course, Tyler Bass converting all his kicks, including the game winner. And then of course he has that slide. The bills were also very, very good in the red zone. Again, Matt, the last four weeks combined, how about this? The Bills have gone from, they were 23rd ranked in the league in red zone offense. Not a good job uh, four weeks ago. The last four weeks, 11 of 13. And the only two misses. The one that got batted up and it, it tipped and intercepted in Detroit. And then yep. Devin Singletary goes down on purpose to kick the winning
2: field goal. That was a red zone trip. Oh, oh wow. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have even thought of that. And really heads up play by Devin Singletary there too. Yeah. Just to make sure that he went down and give yourself just the chance to kick the field goal at the end of regulation. No, I mean... Yeah, I think that there is, there are steps in the right direction, especially with the red zone offense. I still need to see more continued production from the offense and not have these little spurts in games where they struggle against the jets. It was basically the entire first half against the uh, dolphins. It was the third quarter. And then they had the sack on their first possession, I believe in the fourth quarter, the Jalen Phillips forced fumble. So it took them a little bit. It took a little bit of adversity to kind of get them to snap out of it. And it, you know, took Josh putting his superhero cape on, but you know, uh, we're being nitpicky about a team right. that's 11
1: and three. You know? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I think back to last year, remember they were seven and six after 13 and they went on a four game winning streak. Obviously and they went up 11 and six. They're 11 and three already this year after 14 games. And a lot of things went right. Um, there were some things that obviously we can look at and say they have to be a little bit better at. But again, I'll go back to Matt. I say this every week. I said on the radio, every Monday on the extra point show, especially after the Bills struggle or win a close game, I say, look around the league. It's not, it's not just your team, right? Look, if you're in Kansas city doing this podcast, if you're doing, it's always game day in Kansas city, or you're on the ABC affiliate in Kansas city or the Mm -hmm. radio station, in Kansas city. Aren't you going, Oh my God, what's wrong with our team? We can't, we are allowing the Denver Broncos and Houston Texans almost beat us. That's what's happening there. You look, if you're in Cincinnati, you're feeling really good about the wins, but you're like, man, we got to have some struggles here to go through this. Like nobody's perfect.
2: No. I mean, even look, Dallas, They were a huge favorite against Jacksonville. They lost in overtime Philly, all that they could handle from the bears. who Now the bills are going to play. It's pretty common. Like this is kind of just life in the NFL. And I think that, Also speaks to how good the bills are because they're 11 and three. So even with those life in the NFL moments, they're getting wins and their three losses are a combined eight points. It's not like they've gotten blown out in any games. They haven't had one of those Colts games of last year or whatever game was the Colts game that they got blown out in 2020 or 2021. It was last year. Yeah. It was last year, 21. So yeah, they haven't had one of those games. So can
1: I point out after, how many times did we hear early in the season about one score games
2: and twenty-one
1: or yeah. twenty-two and one score games? Let's check in on the Bills and uh one score games now. Oh yeah, another win. They've just been winning one score games. They beat the Dolphins by one score, beat the Jets by one score, beat the Lions by one score, beat the Browns by one score. They've been winning one score games now. Um there's nothing different necessarily Sean McTermott's doing. I was always on the side of, no, don't tell me it's about decision-making. And if you knew the analytics, no, that's not what it is. It's literally execution in critical moments. That's what it is. That's what determines one score games and backdoor one score games, right? Cleveland made it a one score game late. It goes down as a one score game, even though bills actually had that game in hand late.
2: Yeah. I I think that trending in the right direction. I think you can't slip up this week, right? You're a better, you're a better team than the bears You need to go handle your business. You need to let everybody who's a, bills fan to have a nice little holiday break that they can enjoy a bills win on. And then your all systems go for that massive game on January 2nd against the Bengals. But the game on January 2nd is only massive if you beat the bears. So that's why you need to handle your business first. And then you start to think about the Bengals in the playoff matchups and the one seed and all of that stuff. Just don't get there yet.
1: So there's another reason why the game is massive. I'll tell you about that here soon.